But I remember walking up those steps the first time and she was in front of me and she was dripping a little bit of water and she had to take the shower outside. I was ashamed, I was emasculated, I was down. But you know what? I got pissed. And too often, I think in life, we think we are our circumstances. We think we are our conditions. I was neither of those things. But when you identify what those two or three gifts are, okay, you will then believe in you if you use those gifts in the service of other people. But I think there's just been this thing inside me all my life. I was undersized athlete. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. I wanted to prove something to myself, not to other people, to myself that I was capable of overcoming this stuff. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and this is an episode I have been waiting a long time for, and probably not the reasons that you're thinking. You're going to learn a little bit about my thoughts on Ed Milet, and we are going to go deep into exactly what makes this man who he is. And I know what most people think to themselves, right? Every week you come on The Burn, it's an athlete, it's a celebrity, it's an entertainer, you get excited to hear Ed, one of the top 50 wealthiest Americans under 50. Yeah, you see beautiful planes purchased from Oracle the size of a regular American Airlines jet. Those are the things you guys get excited about. But what I get most excited about is the man that he is. And I think sometimes people just look on the outside and they don't necessarily listen to the message. And I'm gonna be direct with this introduction because I, I know that Ed would want no other way. <laughs> Sometimes people don't listen enough to the message. You pay attention to the consistency of Ed Milet's message and you'll realize why he has been winning consistently in the business world and in the manner in which he influences people decade after decade after decade. In a world where people want the quick fix, you have to find stories like Ed Milet, where you go all the way back to Diamond Bar, California, the only boy in the house, which explains why I know you had to fight for a lot of what you had, going back to a father and parents that meant so much to him, a father who showed him what hard work was, married to Christiana, two kids. I mean, you talk about high school sweethearts. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Let, let, let's, let's talk about the real stuff, okay? Because everything that you see that Ed Milet has is a byproduct of a commitment to doing what it takes every single day. Brother, you have no idea the influence you have on me, and uh, I appreciate you being with us. It's my honor, and that's the best intro of all time from the best. You're so good at this. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such a weirdo. Like I'm listening, but I'm like learning. I'm taking notes. That's how you're supposed to introduce somebody, dumbass. That's what I'm thinking while I'm, <laughs> while I'm watching you. So thank you, man. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Well, it's uh, it's great to be with you. And you and I have had so many conversations. And I feel like every conversation that we have, we get that much closer. And it's almost like, man, like how has it taken this long for us to connect? And I always, I always walk away learning something. I always pay attention to the intentionality of how you treat people when you share a story about an interaction that you've had, which means so much. And I, I really, I really want to get into your heart fast. And uh, I'm, I'm plugging the book early. Okay, I'm <laughs> plugging the book early. And here's why. 
I've already read the book twice. This is now going to be a book that I'm going to read every single year, once if not twice. And here's what I want to go to. Because here, when I think of the burn, the fire that lies inside of you, once again, everybody wants to go and, and, and see what they see. But I want you to take us back to your early 20s. You're just getting started as a financial advisor. The water in your apartment has been turned off. You have to tell Christiana, we're going down to the community pool where I'm going to hold up a towel. We're going to go early in the morning, five o'clock in the morning to hold up a towel so you have privacy. And your wife takes her shower at the pool shower. I, I want you to take us back to what was the fire inside of you that said, I will not quit on my wife. I will not quit on my future children, and I will not quit on the example that my parents set for me. M most people, they give up. No money, no water, they're done. What caused you to say, I'm in this fight? I'm staying. Wow, you called the right. That was the closest I ever got to wondering. That was the closest. And I think everyone's been in that moment of their life before. I, uh, I'm going to tell you, brother, I've always wanted to be somebody so damn bad. Like, when I was younger, I wanted to be somebody because I thought, I could be well-known or as I've gotten older now, the reasons change. I want to help other people. I want to affect other people. And you and I both have the blessing of being able to do that. But I think there's just been this thing inside me all my life. I was undersized athlete. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. I wanted to prove something to myself, not to other people, to myself that I was capable of overcoming this stuff. And, and also the, the second thing that happened during that time too was everybody other than my wife sort of started to not want to talk to me. Mm. I learned who my real friends were. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these, because I had been, had a little success before that. All of a sudden, I wasn't Mr. Cool anymore. Nobody wanted to hang out. Nobody wanted my damn advice. That was for sure. And it just made me realize these are the people that love me. These are the important people to me. And I've always wanted to make my family proud of me. And maybe my standards crazy high because I still don't feel like I've done that very well. Like legitimately, I don't feel that way. But I remember walking up those steps the first time and she was in front of me and she was dripping a little bit of water and she had to take the shower outside. I was ashamed. I was emasculated. I was down. But you know what? I got pissed. I got really pissed. And I'm like, I'm better than this. My life's better than this. God designed me better than this. He wants me to be somebody he made me to do something great with my damn life. This is not who I am. This is my circumstances. And too often, I think in life, we think we are our circumstances. We think we are our conditions. I was neither of those things. And that was the fire in me. Like, I'm better than this. I know I'm better than this. I got to get around to proving it. But that was the closest ever. And I think that was the fire for me is proving to me this is not who I am. And making my family proud of me. <laughs> here, here in that fire, brother, it is no surprise to me that that's why there are professional athletes that are coming to you, fighters that are coming to you, business professionals that are coming to you. But most importantly, that's what makes you who you are, right? It, it's, that, it's that fire. It's that passion that you're not afraid to cut it loose. And sometimes I think people that they're so scared to just be who they are, right? Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to lose that person in my circle, or I'm going to lose this person that they're going to think something.
But the reality is you got to show up and be you every single day, which you've done, as I said, decade after decade after decade. And you find find out who's on the ride and you find out who's going to get off that ride. Well, by the way, you do that too. And by the way, I know both of us with our athletes, we'll teach from time to time, being calm under pressure, neutral thinking, blah, blah, blah. Then there's these other times you need to feel things. I let myself feel how much that hurt. Like, I think sometimes we avoid like, you know, what's well, not so bad. You know, who cares if I don't, you know, if you're an athlete, you know, okay. So I'm not a hall of fame athlete, but you know, I did play some pro ball, blah, blah, blah. We started <laughs> sort of rationalizing these things, right? No doubt. Every once in a while, it's good to just feel like, no, man, I'm better than this crap. This hurts. And I don't like how it feels and I want to move away from it. And even now, as we're talking about, there's very few things you can feel my energy change. Like I've never freaking forgotten what that felt like, man. Like it's still, I still don't want to be that dude. I still want to make sure I never go back there. And you know this too, like, I don't care how many jets or houses I've had. I live in a pretty nice one right here. I'm going to tell you, man, that water comes out of the shower many mornings, just water out of my shower. I'm like, thank you, God. Like just the little things I'm still grateful for um, make the big thing special. I, I um, you, you can probably see the emotion in my eyes. And you remember when you and Andy invited me to speak at Arte, which meant the world to me. I, you I just, I, I got emotional and I'm, I'm an emotional dude. I, I remember when your father passed and how emotional you were and you, you took a break, you got away. And I admired that, right. Cause so many people would just keep doing it. So I, I'm emotional, you know, I'm emotional. But I got to share something. We started this show, The Burn, for a reason. I want everybody to like double, triple pay attention and lock in. We started The Burn for a reason because we wanted to cut the BS and go right for what makes people tick. If you just paid attention to Ed Milet's emotion, that is exactly why he is successful. And I want to encourage you, right? Maybe, maybe you run it back a minute. It's not yelling. It's not, it's passion. It's passion. And Ed, thank you for being that way and just cutting it loose because that's what sometimes I think people miss. That's the burn. You just said it still pisses you off to this day. So why would you not want to connect to something where you say, I'm not going back there? And that's what we want to encourage people to do. Hear Ed's burn and say, why wouldn't you want to connect to yours? Now, I I know that the burn to keep going, the burn to build your career, the burn to stay in the marriage, how strong your faith is. Now I see how active of a father you are. I see the intention, because here I pay attention to the details. It's it's the numbers of time that you're on the boat, making sure your daughter's with her friends, you're going to restaurants, you're on the golf course with your son. You guys are taking them a TV, which that still made no sense to me why you guys were trying to take it a TV. But so I just think to myself, like, how important have your children been? Because I know how much your parents influenced you. How important is it for you to take this burn that you found in your 20s, but to now be this example? I know you want to be an example for other people, sure. but I want you to be selfish about your family, that Milet name. How yeah, important you're, you're so brilliant, brother. Like, I think the burn changes. And I think the great people in life find multiple burns, right? Like, you know, there's different, like Brady. You know, I know the original burn was I'm a six-round pick, blah, blah, blah. I got a funny feeling right now. There's a little bit of burn to prove Belichick or the Patriots a certain <laughs> way. You know, I'm sure there's, there's multiple burns, right? So 
I've had many of them. Most of them for me, I think what moves most of us is two things, our dreams and other people. So our dreams and other people. If you're wondering like, how do I find my birth? What are your dreams, right? What are your big God-sized dreams? And then the other thing that'll help you burn is other people, people that you love or people you want to prove wrong. For me, the deepest burn of all time, you know, other than my faith, which is, that's a separate thing, is having children. And so that just, that's a, that's a burn that's like in, in, enduring. It's never gone away. It's something that, you know, I, I just right before we started, I walked in, my daughter's in the kitchen. I gave her a kiss. I said, hey, baby, I said, you need to have the dogs quiet because daddy's going to be doing the show. And she's like, daddy, help somebody, you know, change the world. I'm like, okay, boo, I'll try my best. You know, so, so we have these weird conversations in my family. So she said, help somebody, dad, change some lives. That's what she said. And so my family is my burn now. But also because I have children and I, they've now grown, my son's 19, my daughter's 17. Something in my heart has changed with me working with other people where I'm not just working with that person, but I'm working with their family. I'm working with their children or even young athletes like you and I, they don't have children yet, but they're going to have them someday. The great thing you do with these athletes that you work with too is I know you're also planting seeds in them that make them a better husband and father someday, not just a better football player but a better father and husband, even though they're not there yet. So for me, it's my, it's my inspiration to be a better man. I've, you know this really quick, I'll tell you. My daughter's always accused me of having a midlife crisis, right? Like, and, and I always tell her, it's true. I'm in a crisis to get to the next version of me. I, the, I'm 49, so that list of the youngest 50 or whatever, I got like four more months or two more months left, and I gotta take that off my bio. But I don't wanna be the same dude at 50 I was at 49, I wanna replace myself. And at 51, I want to be a totally different, better version than I was at 50. And I'm really serious about that. It's something I'm really passionate about all the way up to death, where I think you meet the ultimate version of who you were born to be. I want God to go, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's the dude I made you to be. Here's the moments, the memories, the achievements, the people you could have helped, all that stuff you could have become. To me, heaven is you meet who God intended you to be and your identical twins. Hell is you die someday and you never meet that man. You're absolute strangers because you didn't make the choices and allow your burn to guide you through your life because of some setbacks or career change or whatever. So for me, it's meeting that dude someday. That part in your book, when I got to that part, that was one of those moments where you just, you, you stare at the page and you kind of read it and then you pause and you take a deep breath and you read it again. And then you pause and you take, and literally, I like, I just kept reading it over and over and over again. And then I take pictures and I print stuff. So I took a picture, I printed it because it was such a powerful thing because there are so many people, they don't realize the consistency of connecting to your burn, the consistency. And I do encourage people that the burn does change over time. And you bring up a good point. Just because mine is so consistent with my mom that fuels everything else. Yes, it is. You mentioned a great thing. It's okay, And I probably don't mention it enough on here. It's okay for it to change. Sure. But your consistency of having a burn that's caused you to do the work, which is what people miss, is what I know is going to cause you to show up and you are going to look at that person and say, that's my twin. Come here and give me a hug. By the and way, that, that I think to me that is what's so powerful. Can I, can I give you a compliment? Because when I look at another human beings, and I'm serious, serious when I say this about you, when I look at other human beings, I picture their, this is creepy, but I picture their death someday too. And are they ever going to meet this man or woman they were born to be? 
And I see you some of these mornings, man, it's day, whatever, 587 or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the day is for you. And I'm like, I, I'm serious. It makes me a little bit emotional when I watch you some mornings. I'm like, he is right chasing that dude someday. And like, I admire, I want to surround myself. I don't need perfect people around me. I need people that are chasing that person around me. And if you got a crew of people around you who are chasing that ultimate person someday, for whatever reason, for their mom, for their kids, for overcoming something in their childhood, whatever it might be, man, that's a great quality of life. It's just, I, I want funny people, smart people, but not all my friends are those things. But if you're going to be close to me, you are doing shit in your life, excuse me, to become that man or woman someday. And that's what I admire about you. So I, I want to I want to share something that kind of speaks to to what you just shared. And that that is so humbling to hear that coming from you. And you, you shared so many things like that with me. And, and I just I want to I want to sh share this. I think this is really powerful for everybody to to realize and to really take in. You are, let me give a piece of the bio and then I'm going to share what I wanted to share. You are the fastest growing business professional in the history of social media, right? So the, the way your social media has grown and that comes from you also being that person who chases exactly who they're supposed to be. And that comes out in the love and the passion, even the videos. Once again, I pay attention to details. You just put out a YouTube video about your plane. Many people are so immersed in the plane, they can't even hear your words. And I'm sitting here going, he's saying that he got this plane to go meet moms. He, he and all of the, the people that you want to meet. And I'm like, OK, yes, he has the plane. That's a byproduct of hard work. But don't you understand the reason why and what he's going to do with that plane? And so I just want to share um, how powerful your your influence is. At the end of that RTA talk, and I did share this with you because uh, Ed has written the, the foreword for Uncommon Leadership, my next book, which I appreciated so much. And I shared this in one of our conversations, cutting up about it. But I have what I call a never do it again list. And I read this every single morning. And in my never do it again list, it says, I will never again forget the belief Ed Milet shared with me. His words and statement shifted my belief. And I want to, I read this every morning and I shared this with you over text. I sent you a picture of that. And I want to share this because I think some people think, oh, well, Ben does this. I have two coaches. I read books all the time. I love my conversations with you because I get better from them. Hearing your words, I take them serious because they move me. There's a lot of people who are already performing at a high level, which many people would say I probably was. I needed to hear those words Ed, and I can't thank you enough. There's also, people, there, there's also people who are struggling. I want you to speak those words of belief, because here's one thing I think you and I both find it when we, you go speak to a company, right? There's people who are struggling. There's people who are doing great. The people who are struggling, there's this common denominator. People never believed in them. So what's the message you share with this group of people that they're either a little bit seduced by success? I know you like that. We talked about that. They're seduced by success, and they think they have it all figured out or these people who just need to be believed in? What, what do you say to those people? Well, the people that need to be, be believed in is this. You were born to do something great. God doesn't make uh, you know deficient products. But here's the reason that I know that. You were born with some unique giftedness that is special to you, blessings and gifts. There's two or three of them that are really special to you. And what you do is you discount them because you've walked with them all your life. You don't think they're a big deal. So when you look at an athlete who's 
you know, Kobe Bryant when he was alive, you know, six foot six, could dunk, windmill dunk a basketball, jump out of the gym, shoot fast, agile. You go, well, that's a gift. Or you listen to Ben speak, you're like, okay, his oratory skills, that's a gift. But mine, I don't really have anything special. But what you don't understand is you were wired with two or three gifts. That's what you need to believe in. And you already know what they are, if you're being really honest. It could be your kindness, your intellect, your humor, your nurturing ability, your listening skills, problem solving, your intuition, your resiliency, your toughness, your humor. It could be all kinds of different things. But when you identify what those two or three gifts are, okay, you will then believe in you if you use those gifts in the service of other people. All Ben and I do is we took our two or three. We don't have 50. I guarantee you I don't have 50. I got like two or three, man. No pun intended. I have maxed out the two or three <laughs> God's given me because I figured out what they were. And then I've used those gifts in the service of other people. That's why we don't get tired. That's why we're happier. It doesn't mean we don't have bad days. We don't get down. We don't get sad. But I can always go back to go, you know what? I, I am somebody who's been given a level of intensity and passion that's pretty special. I am a guy who can really focus. And you know what? I have this heart that I've had since I was a little boy. I just care about people. I just do. Like, I, even as a little boy, when I'd watch a fight at school, I'd want to break it up. And I'd, I wouldn't cheerlead the dude who won. I'd want to help the kid who didn't win that got hurt. Like, And so... Those things are, you all have yours and you discount them. So that's why you should believe in yourself. And you were born to do something awesome with your life in small ways and big ways. Let me give you the small one last, okay? My dad is someone most of you will never, uh, you will never heard of. His name is Ed Milet. I don't compare to this man. But my father lived the first 40 years of his life a different dude. There was always a good man in there. There was always blessings and gifts. But my dad was not probably the best husband, the best father, didn't always tell the truth because he had an alcohol problem. My dad changed his life when he got sober. And my dad, I didn't know this, but my dad helped hundreds, possibly thousands of people change their life and become sober. It became who he was because my dad had an amazing gift to listen and care and be with people and give amazing advice. And because of his experiences, my dad knew what to say when someone was thinking of taking that drink again. Let me share this, guys, with you last. My dad just passed away, and he's coming home for the last time. He called me from the hospital. My dad could not breathe. He had a lung issue for years. And when I say he couldn't breathe, I'm talking about sometimes, guys, five breaths a minute, 20 breaths a minute. And we'd go, <gasps> and he would talk. And my dad, when he was healthy, had my voice. So imagine going from this to that. My dad calls me, he's in the hospital, he says, come get me, I'm, I'm done fighting, it's been nine years, I fought for my grandchildren, I fought for your mom, I fought for my four kids, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I said, no dad, you gotta fight. He says, listen to me, I have two days left. I would like to pass away in my home with, with mom, <clears throat> excuse me, get emotional, and you and the sisters, I'd like to come home. They got my dad, so I said, okay dad, I'll get you home. My dad passed away two days later. And about two hours before my dad passed away, his phone kept ringing. My dad is on morphine. I want you to picture this. Can't breathe. He's on oxygen. The phone keeps ringing. My dad says, Debbie, who's on the phone? She says, it's a 951. And my dad's my dad, I'm not talking as well as I do. Within two hours of my dad dying, my dad said, give me the phone. My dad took the phone. Hello? Raul? Raul? 
And my dad spent 21 minutes on the phone with this man, talking him off the ledge of going back to drink again after being sober for six years. A few hours later, my father passed away. My dad made a huge difference in the world. No, it's not on television. No, it's not on a podcast. But every day, someone like you, who doesn't think you have anything to make a difference in the world, you use your special blessings and gifts to make a difference in this world. And that's why you should believe in you. My dad did that every day. No one's going to publicize it. He didn't know I'd be on a podcast talking about it someday. But it's in small ways we often make the biggest difference in the world. This is the, this is the mic drop. This is, this is where the interview ends. And I just say, thank you because my, my goal in having this opportunity to spend this time together, to share this with others was for people to experience exactly who Ed Milet is. And I can't tell you how many articles I read and things where they want to go the glitz and the glamor. And I just appreciate you allowing me to ask the real questions to show exactly who you are and why you are the way that you are. And I, I just, I feel so blessed that, uh, you know, through my relationship with Andy Frisella, I now get to, you know, be able to call you my brother and say, man, I love you. And uh, I, I appreciate you more than you even realize. The, the feelings are mutual. I've grown to love you, brother, in a very short window of time. And I appreciate you making me feel so comfortable that I'm willing to share these things with, with, uh, with your audience. So I just, if and you and I both know, it's just the beginning of something even more special that we've built over the last few years. So I'm excited about the future too. So thank you. Thank, thank you, Ed. And uh, you know, for all of you listening, I want you to think about this. What would happen if you just went and became the real you every day? Yeah. You know, you just became the real you, the you that's gonna give you the opportunity to meet and to see that twin when you reach those gates is that encourage you. To be that individual who believes in themselves. To be that individual who gets up when the water is turned off for you, whatever that looks like, and knows, regardless of your circumstances, Ed encouraged you, you won't stop your fight. Imagine you being that you. And I know Ed believes something that I believe. That happens from you working and doing it one day at a time. Stay connected to your burn, and thank you so much for giving Ed and I this opportunity to spend time with you.